0: You are actual living energy in physical form with this massive universal computer. You can put in any data you want, construct it and design it and create output. But what do we mostly settle for? Day to day routine. And this doesn't mean you have to be fancy pants and live this big luxurious life. You can live in a treehouse in the middle of the forest and have connectivity to the earth. And no other living soul will know what you're doing, but you will, and that's what matters.
1: That's Laura Ballet, an author and podcaster who has an interesting structural formula to help you be better at manifestation. On this episode, learn five techniques to change your mind and change your life. This minimalist wants more. The Enoughism Podcast is about having enough already. For more, visit IamEnoughism.com. We are all born into a genius state of human development. I'm here to talk about this with my guest today, Laura Ballet. Hey, Laura. Hello. So, Laura, you wrote a book And you have a podcast, and they're both called The Science of Empowerment. This is a concept that was inspired by a former U.S. Olympic gymnastics coach named Chris Brennan. Chris, who also happens to be your brother, came up with something called the Jekyll Principles. Tell me about what this is and how this is the start of a journey for you to empower people from a science-based perspective.
0: Yes. So yes, always give a shout out to my beautiful baby brother. So my brother really was the inspiration and the book is my mad genius mind. So my brother created these five principles and we love studying he a bit more than I quantum science, but we looked into the quantum fields of energy, positive and negative and looking at atoms and ions and biology and how does thought heal or disrupt our body and our behaviors and our patterns. And we put the principles and the energy together. And when you really merge the principles with the power seat of choice of energy, you will become empowered. So tell me about these five principles. The first principle is awareness. An awareness is something unique to every person. That's the beauty of being an individual person, but there's awareness And then there's willingness, right? So what are you aware of when you're going through a challenge? What are you willing to do about that challenge? You know, we don't use words like hard and difficult, just challenge, right? Because you can overcome a challenge. The third principle is accountability. What is my accountability in this interaction? The fourth is critical thinking. So we take the emotionality out of it. We take the charge, the chaos, the drama, Right, i.e., pattern, behavior, we take that out and we begin to think about it through the lens of critical thought. And when you really start to work that principle, and I love this principle because we're emotional creatures, we're emotional beings, which is a very beautiful aspect of the humanness of us, but it also keeps us very stuck. So when you're able to recalibrate emotion and turn it into critical thought, you're able to see those principles much more clearly and you can move through things in a different way. And then the fifth principle is energy and energy is in everything. So when you start to realize that we're vibrating right now, even though we feel solid, right? And we can touch things and we see things that are solid. It's really not. It's just concentrated movement of energy. And I really love this one. It's like my favorite I see it. I feel it. I hear it. And the more you get tuned into understanding that you and you alone can choose your frequency, your state of energy. Again, you become empowered. Having an argument with your teenager having a disagreement with your partner, having a bit of a hardship with someone at work. When you run through those principles, the awareness to what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's creating this? And again, when you get really adapt at this, you can move through this in seconds. What am I willing to do about this right now? Right? What's my accountability in it? critical thinking, get out of the emotionality, the pattern of this, right? Because all we do is interact and react from pattern. We very rarely respond from intellectual thought. And then the energy, I can choose a more neutral tone of voice. I can choose a more neutral stance, body language. And now I can start to choose a more neutral dialogue. And then that starts to change that very real-time experience. And when you start doing this, you really understand how powerful we are and how powerful we are for one another. So it's not about moving through the formula. So I am powerful. It is about me understanding that by empowering my awareness I'm going to empower you. And now there's two of us and we're working in this synergy. And then you go home and you start to bring that formula into your home environment. And I do the same. And then you talk to a leadership in church or maybe your local, you know, congressman. You start to bring this awareness into all the different kind of fundamentals of the human condition. And it, it changes. It just changes Things really quickly and really beautifully. And one of the things that I write about is imagining yourself to be an architect of thought itself and being aware of how we think about things. And we don't, right? We, we have what, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day, and maybe we latch on to several thousand. And usually they're out of repeat, they're out of pattern. How we dialogue with people at work, how we dialogue with ourselves our family, you know, environment, certainly our children, our spouse, our partner, this really starts to bring this awareness of learning how to create a different language for yourself by thinking differently. And then you start to experience these really positive outcomes pretty much at all phases of what you do throughout the day. I personally have used the formula for over a decade. I use it with my husband, my children, my work environment. It just, it's really cool.
1: Oh, that's great. I want to go back to something you said that resonated with me. You mentioned I can choose a more neutral dialogue, so any aspect of social media Nothing is really designed to be neutral. Advertisements are meant to spark reactions in you. Article titles are meant to trigger a response in five words or less. How do you do that in a world where everything is meant to just be a series of trigger points? Yeah, the, the outside world
0: is a disruptor. That's how I look at it. But I choose to look at that in a positive way. And I'll tell people, so yes, Mass messaging, right? Collective programming. It's these catchwords have been out there since certainly since I was a child, but there's truth to it. I believe that we are here to evolve. And the way we do that is to hone in on the awareness that every outside force is a test. Some are small, some are medium, and some are big. Some of those tests will hit you like a brick wall. And some will be a gentle tap on the shoulder, right? Some will come in the form of a beautiful partner with all the glitz and, and appeal of, oh my God, I'm so in love with you. And some of it will come with the prospects of a great job and longevity of a career. And then we can go into conversations of how shiny politics can look to some or a church leader and that authoritative you know, energy that comes out which is why I wrote the book, to become a self-actualized thinking human being. I tell my children all the time, if the message is gearing you this way, so we'll say if the message is moving you to the right and you see the masses moving to the right, where do you go? To the left or stay neutral. So the only thing I can say is, Don't follow the crowd. And I mean that metaphorically, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, um, psychologically. Listen to everything, but begin to create a filter. And that will look different for every person. And I would say learn to have the ability to block them out. Let them pass kind of like we look at clouds in the sky. Some are big and some actually look like something and just observe and let it go. Don't take it in to the matrix of the mind brain kind of connectivity. Don't take it into the cellular makeup of our body. Don't let it resonate and hold residence inside of us, which we all do. Because from birth on up, that's how we're programmed. Begin to think outside of the norm. So we are an algorithm of patterns. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, right? Tradition, religion, all of that plays a role in, in who we have become. Learn to think differently. Take in information. I always tell my children, have social graces. Listen, observe, be polite. But know what differentiates what is being told to you, what is being shown to you. Understand that packaging and marketing is very slick and very cool, but it does not care about your soul. It does not care about your consciousness or your well being. Just know that. Fun little side story. I don't know if you've ever seen out in the market. They've had little miniature bottles of like mustard, ketchup and relish on displays. Both of my girls thought that was like the bomb. They were like, oh, my God, when we have our apartments, we're going to put this in. They thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it makes me think about that. My husband and I explained to them the team geniuses that sat behind this little bottle, little Heinz bottle, little mustard and the little relish to get you to buy it for that exact reason. It came into your emotion. It fed some part of your visual hunger. So I think if individuals are willing to expand their present understanding and just for a moment, suspend fear or doubt or frustration or lack of confidence that you really have the ability to think even greater than those people that are out there doing the thinking for us.
1: Yes. And that ketchup mustard example is great because I I personally practice minimalism. And one exercise I do is you know, I, I live in a vibrant city and this the window shopping is wonderful. The fashion is great. And I get really inspired by that. And I pay attention to the emotion I feel when I look at something. Yeah,
0: I, you know, having two very beautiful daughters that were raised on this new social media, understanding that their hippocampus is smaller than it should be because of what these again, geniuses structured to do this to this generation. I've taught them something with shopping. When you go and you see something, because it's an emotional purchase, I want you to go home and go through your night and the whole next day. And if you can't live without it, go back to the store and get it. Don't buy on site right away, unless you're on vacation and then you're somewhere and you're never going to be there again. I understand that. So for instance, my daughter, we were in the Caribbean recently and she found this beautiful pocketbook and it was reasonable. And I told her, yes, but it would be put away for Christmas because I wanted her to understand what that emotion felt like I want that. And I want that now and my mom's going to buy it for me and gimme, gimme, gimme. And she's learned now. And she was so gracious. She said, thank you, you know, mama, and I'll look forward to opening at Christmas. But there was a time when that would have been a tantrum that would have caused, you know, an issue in the store or what have you, because so many parents are afraid to put boundaries up, to create structure and to give your children The skill set of waiting and being patient and understanding that it is a gift, that someone somewhere worked hard, number one, mom, to afford it. Number two, she worked very hard with her grades. So it was a special gift. And it was something to have gratitude for and not this quick kind of give me and I've got it. Because eventually they're going out in the world and they're not going to be able to have that. Because they're going to have rent and mortgage and cell phone and food and health insurance and car insurance. And mom and dad can't pay for all that. Another very unique thing that I share kind of with the world is my daughter has paid for her university. And that was a very unique decision for our family to make. And boy, it was not good in the beginning. And now she has one year left and she is beyond grateful that we had her pay in-state university, not go away and create $200,000 of debt so you can hang out in a dorm and party and be with boys and all that. There's a balance and we were good with that, but we explained my daughter at 20 years old is what they call a unicorn out in the world. She has money in the bank. Her car is paid off. Her education Is paid off. She's actually going to move to the sunny state of Florida because she loves to play tennis and be out. And she's going to be able to buy a home when she is under 25 years old. And we're really proud of that. And so part of that all came from the principals running through that formula with her consistently. So eventually that skill set and that empowerment became infused in her own time. But we never gave up. And my youngest one, same thing. She's just, she gets it. She just kind of came into this world and understands this. But so this is what I tell parents. Even if you cannot run the entire formula 24-7, teaching young children and my personal mentor, who's very, very genius state and so compassionate, a Reiki master and an author and a very prolific corporate development specialist. She and I go through a lot. She has two children, young, under the age of six, and she uses negative, positive, neutral with them all the time. They understand being negative isn't a bad thing. It shows you that you have the power to become neutral or positive. So it isn't that, no, you're bad. No, you can't. No, you shouldn't. It's just Are you choosing negative, positive, or neutral? And they start to realize, and some little kids are going to be like, I'm choosing negative, I'm negative. And you'd be like, okay, you own that. you good with that. You want to stay negative? Stay negative. But the rest of us are going to move into neutral and positive. When you're ready to come join us, come along. So you're teaching them from such an early stage on, you are powerful. Even at two and three and four, seven or nine, or 12 or 17, you are in the power seat of choice to what type of human being do you want to create yourself to become? Funny story that might resonate with people out there. We have a doctor who brought their son in and all he did was Xbox, which I don't even know what's out there now, Fortnite, whatever, but it was video madness. And they were two doctors, mom and dad, Highly educated in beautiful shape, and they could not get this young boy out of this habit. And he came in, and I'll never forget this. He was talking to my brother, and my brother was just doing his thing, asking these questions. And, you know, what do you like? What do you like to do? And everything he could relate to hated school, everything. All he wanted to do was come home and play because he was addicted. And my brother said, well, when you are out of school, whether it's high school or college, what jobs are out there for like the king of the Xbox world? And he started to go down this path. And this young man, all of a sudden it clicked. Everything I'm doing is adding no value. When I am a day from now, a month from now, five years from now, if this is all I do now, It is all I'm going to have then. And it was really amazing.
1: So we have the power to transform our lives and the choice. The choice. And the choice is what
0: empowers us. And when we begin to let the outside to kind of revisit what you were saying before, like, all of this, how we're so inundated, especially with the political arena right now, with everything we're going through this past year, the way people are handling it, we're supposed to have faith in powers that be, and they're all over the place. Like, I think it's really, again, you can recalibrate what's happening out in the world into your own family or into your work environment, again, personal and professional, higher human development and connectivity, and we can use what's going on in the world. This is exactly why we don't want to be herded into the corral like sheep. It's why we don't want to follow someone else's dictation. Again, listen, research on your own. So if I'll just use this example. If you believe in getting vaccinated or you don't, that is absolutely fundamentally your position on which you believe. Do your own research. Listen to what the authorities are saying, but go deeper, go beyond that. And then some people will be like, well, I don't have time. If you don't have time, right now we're gonna run through the principles. Be aware Mm -hmm. to why you're choosing not to have time to something so important. If you are not willing to do your own research, then you will be taken on the current of the mass messaging, right? Where's your accountability to that? You're giving it up because you're allowing yourself to be taken on the current of mass messaging. You may still do all your research and agree with the mass message. And that's a beautiful thing. Or you may not. You may begin to have a voice outside of what is being told to you. If you were to look at what's happening in the world right now and take all of the charge out of it, critical thinking will tell you that something's a little off center, no matter how you look at it, because we have one message one day and another message another day. So then you have to go into understanding that science changes medicine changes, right? This is something we're all going through at a very unique time together. So there's going to be a lot of shifts in the collective experience of it. Don't get mired down in the negativity and don't go all the way up into maybe a delusion or a falseness of positivity because it's an ever challenging, ever changing system at the moment. But when you fundamentally have that empowerment connected, into yourself, again, not ego speaking, just self-awareness to your own power and your own ability to think for yourself, that then allows you to take in that outside influence. You can disseminate it a little bit better now because you've realized that no one outside of me is more powerful than I am. They may be a little older, they may have accumulated some wisdom, some life experience. They may have, maybe they're a bit more well-read just because maybe they read 30 books a year and you read one book a year. Okay. Those are obvious, you know, observations, but you are still powerful. You are still a self-actualized human being. If you are willing to do what it takes to arrive to that awareness when you have that experience, you get excited about life and you want to give that to other people.
1: That's great. I'm always looking to tap into my genius. Uh, what did you say? Genius experience? Yeah. Like that, that genius state <laughs> of knowing
0: yeah. we forget who raises kids usually to be like, you are a genius. You are like, I mean, we do in a way you can be anything you want. And we all kind of, you know, spill out those, you know, platitudes like that. But Really, who sits your kid down and lets them know that you're a superpower? You are actual living energy in physical form with this massive, like universal computer. You can put in any data you want, right? Construct it and design it any way you want and create output. But what do we mostly settle for? Day-to-day, day-to-day routine, day-to-day, you know. And this doesn't mean you have to be fancy pants and live this big, luxurious life. You can live in a treehouse in the middle of the forest and have mad genius connectivity to the earth, to nature, to the environment. And no other living soul will know what you're doing, but you will. And that's what matters.
1: That's right. Henry David Thoreau, the original social distancer.
0: (laughs) Yep. To know how amazing you are, no matter what you look like, no matter your money, no matter how you live, no matter all the challenges or the gifts that are, you know, in our life that at any moment, you can actually recalibrate your thought and create brand new. Brand new.
1: I love it at any moment. Well, Laura Ballet, author of The Science of Empowerment, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your inspirations, your insights, and how we can all tap into our potential and our own states of genius.
0: Yes, thank
1: you so much. You've reached the end of the Enough As Podcast. I'm your host, Eugen Bond. I'm a metaphysical author and have an ebook called Enoughism. This minimalist wants more. Now on Amazon, featuring interviews and musings on meditation, yoga, and mindfulness. Thanks for listening and remember, you're always enough, just the way you are.